This podcast is brought to you by Central, helping schools work smart. I'm Colin Klupik, and you're listening to Central Station. It seems like everyone wants to make a movie these days. Well, perhaps not a movie, but at least a video that can record fun and precious moments of life. And the high-quality cameras that we see in mobile phones these days makes that easier than ever. But what if we made movies or short films as a learning exercise at school? And not just learning about filmmaking itself, but about subject content like English, history, science or maths. My guest today is Lindsay Moss from StarTime Studios, and that's exactly what he's helping students to do through the art of filmmaking. That's right, in addition to what you might call traditional methods of teaching, StarTime is helping students explore the opportunities offered by film and media. Lindsay says that the responses from students and teachers has been very enthusiastic and that kids just love to be in front of a camera. No surprises then that it's easy to get them involved. It's a connection that Lindsay hadn't quite planned for, but one that's making a positive difference in the lives of many students and teachers. Lindsay, we caught up at the Edutech uh, exhibition in Sydney 2019, and I was uh, really taken by the, uh, by the stand that you had there with uh, kids working with uh, green screens and cameras and so forth. But initially you told me that your background is in film and TV. And I'm, I'm curious, how did you put two and two together to say, well, hang on a second, we could, we could turn this into a great project for kids? How did that work? Yeah, um, no, it was, a, it was a kind of organic journey really, um, just uh, molding uh, or, or fusing my experiences together. And uh, I, I had a uh, background in film and television, so that's what I did for 10 years after leaving school. And I uh, was lucky enough to work on some really terrific programs from if some of your listeners out there are in the age group, um, uh, Heartbreak High, um, to Sun, uh, the, um, the Our World program, which was on Sundays, which was great, great, terrific documentaries. Yeah. Um, so, so I had that experience, and then uh, when I was about twenty, my mid twenties, I uh, late twenties, I went to acting school. I was always interested in drama, and did amateur dramatics, but. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to be a great director and thought, well, well, acting is a really important part of, and knowing how to direct actors is a really important part of, of being a good director. So I went to acting school and, and studied for, for three years full time. Um, and during that time, I had the opportunity to, to teach kids drama uh, down at Fox Studios. And just, I had a class of underprivileged kids. I didn't really know what I was doing, but knew that I was good with kids and, and loved, loved acting and drama. And it was great. And, um, and through that experience, uh, there, was a, there was a deputy principal there who was involved with the group of kids, and she really wanted um, some after-school drama at her school, and they asked, asked me to do that. I did that, and then... Through that, I started Star Time Studios, basically, and that was that was my money getting me through acting school. <laughs> and in that process, um, in that process, I um, I got um, I obviously brought in my filmmaking experience, and just thought, I wonder how the, the kids would engage with this. I brought in a camera, and they just loved that. And this this is back in two thousand and six, 
Right. And from there, I got the opportunity to then take that into schools and saw that, uh, you know, saw that this could be used as a tool for, for learning content. And I think our first school was, was Burke Street Public School. And, um, yeah, it was uh, started from there. So when you were in your uh, acting school days and, and this sort of started to emerge, did you have any idea at all that this is where it might head? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was determined to be making my first feature film and, uh, you know, acting and directing my first feature film. I just was compelled by the enjoy. I was unexpectedly, unexpectedly um, surprised how much I enjoyed the process of seeing, you know, passing on my knowledge to kids and seeing how much they engaged with the process. Um, and obviously I could see some economic benefit as well. Um, so if you can have both those things, then, then it was hard to turn my back on. Mm. Do you think the kids responded well because they're, they're just open to new ideas, they're just open to having a bit of fun and they don't have the, uh, the hang-ups that maybe older people have? Yeah, I think that's very true. I think if a kid sees something that works, they don't have to be uh, told several times that it works. They don't, have to, they don't have to be proven to, whereas, yeah, adults have a lot more of a sceptical mind and, and you're right, a, a lot more hang-ups and, I guess, baggage of experiences, whereas kids are just willing to, once they, once they see the goal, they'll dive right in. So a little bit more open to some creative risk-taking, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, and and they're naturally attuned to to that creativity. I mean, you think about kids, how they learn, they start to mimic and, and copy, and so um, they see that and they see that, um, yeah, taking risks, you know, the, the stakes aren't so high for them. It's just, <laughs> oh, well, you get up and do it again. <laughs> if it doesn't work the first time, take two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, on your website, you talk about uh, inspiring the next generation of creative leaders. Do you think that leadership for kids uh, or the way we talk about leadership for kids is missing out on enough creativity? Yeah, look, <clears throat> I think to be a really good leader, um, you're inherently creative. Um, I also think that there's this um, misnomer about this divide about I'm creative or I'm not creative, you know, um, whereas, uh, you know, humans are inherently creative and to be a leader, you have to be, uh, to be good at solving problems and creativity, um, you know, part of creativity is, is problem solving, innovative problem solving. So, um, you know, whatever context that's in, whether you're a, a you know a leader at a, a bank, you have to utilise the resources that you've got um, in order to to solve problems, to be more efficient, to be more customer friendly. How do you how do you um, how do you gather your resources most effectively? And um, creativity that's that's what creativity is 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 gathering resources, trial trial and error. And working out methods to mm. to get, you know, to the best the best possible outcome for what you're wanting to create. Sounds like the uh, the more fun approach as well, I guess, which would also uh, resonate more with kids. 
And I, I, yeah. I'm also curious about your values. Your, your website talks about the values of uh, you know, courage, commitment, collaboration, communication. What led you to uh, generating those as your, your values for Star Time? Well, I, I always, throughout my, I mean, I've been in the creative industries for, you know, 25 years, and I've thought a lot about what does it, what are the, what does it take to be a creative individual? What does it take to have that creative mindset? So, um, collaboration, uh, generally speaking, you, you have to be a good collaborator. You have to understand how to work with people, um, how to put your ideas forward, um, when to step back and let someone else's idea or let someone else have the stage, so to speak. Mm. Um, how to to create an idea. And I, I use this example uh, to the kids a lot. Um, there's a famous director, uh, Diane Paulus, uh, who was the artistic director of uh, the Boston Art Theatre and a very big director in America. And she says, when I uh, think of collaborating, um, I don't want an actor to come to me and go, uh, tell me what you want. I can do anything you need me to do. I'm such a great actor. Yeah. She's like, no, no, I want an actor to come to me with an idea. I have an idea and together we create a third idea that's better than <laughs> either of our ideas individually. Yeah, that's an interesting approach. And I think that's really... And I think that's really important. And we do this exercise with kids where we, we think about an idea for a, for a film or whatever the story is, and we, we all throw each other's ideas. And just organically, they start to build on each other's ideas, and it's a really beautiful process to watch. So that collaboration is really important. Commitment, if you're only giving, you know, like 50% to something – then you're really not going to uh, to understand how good an idea is, how good you could be, um, because you don't quite know where your level 10 is. Once you give everything you've got, then you can see where, uh, where your weak points are, where your strong points are, and then build from that. So collaboration, commitment, um, communication, obviously being a good communicator, um, how, how listening, actively listening, um, being able to express your idea um, is really important. Courage was our other, with our, with our other star time value. Well, I think this is a really underrated one. So courage, and often, often there's a misperception that, you know, courage, you, you don't feel fear or you've got to be brave in every moment. Well, courage is actually feeling the fear and doing it anyway. So we kind of instill these four these four values um, in kids to try try an idea when you know um, when they might not uh, think it's a good idea yeah. just throw it in have the courage to do that so these four values really are inherent in in the creative process I love that one that uh, the way you describe courage feeling the fear but doing it anyway is that, is that what most of the kids experience when they suddenly find themselves in front of the camera Kids love being in front of it. For the most part, kids love being in front of the camera. <laughs> but uh, and, it, and and look, it's really it's really interesting, and and often teachers are surprised by the students who end up being confident in front of the camera, and the other students who are shy in front of the camera. You know, um, feel that that stage fright. Um, but yeah, so uh, sometimes kids are frightened, but most of the time they they love it. 
They, they feel this. It's a weird kind of... It's like they step over uh, some sort of line into a special world where they, where they feel they can be someone they're not. Coming up, Lindsay talks about the content that students can actually learn when making films. Sure, they learn about filmmaking, but Lindsay suggests that students can learn about almost anything using this medium. It's what he refers to as a visual thesis. And if you'd like to hear about another teacher using a different medium for creating really cool learning environments, check out my conversation with English history teacher Anthony MacDonald. He's using Minecraft to engage students in virtual worlds. Amongst many benefits, he has little trouble getting students to do homework. But after, after a couple of sessions actually doing this sort of thing, they start either fully engaging and start really producing some nice work or they themselves want to go off and, and build their own little things here and there to further extend their learning. Um, and it's one of those times where you can say, right, your homework is to go explore and build this and you're pretty sure they're actually going to do it when they go home. To hear the full interview, make sure you subscribe to Central Station on your favourite podcast app or visit the website, central.com.au slash podcast. So when teachers start to think about filmmaking as a, uh, as a teaching method, I wonder if some of them might be thinking, well, hang on a second, um, isn't that really just for learning about film and the arts? What, what kind of content, if I can put it that way, perhaps in air quotes, can you can you teach and what sort of things can students learn so they obviously they're learning about filmmaking but but what sort of subject content can yeah. they learn um it's limitless really i mean when you think of you go to youtube or you look at a, a tv station and look at the content that's covered in most tv programs it's, it really covers a, a full spectrum of, of subjects within the world um i like to say uh, to teachers that, you know, any serious attempt at making a film can be like making a visual thesis. So the, the process itself, if you think about it, um, constantly reincorporates knowledge, reincorporates content. Yeah. So from the start, you've got the idea or the subject that, that you're wanting to make a film about. Um, you have to determine what format am I going to use to, you know, present this to, to an audience or whoever it is. I have to research the topic, write the script, edit the script. Then, uh, then you um, rehearse, you know, you choose your presenters and what, work out what you're going to film, do your storyboard. Then you film it and then you have to, uh, then you have to edit it. You edit it together and work out and distill the information that's most important and most engaging for the audience. Um, so by the time you finish the film, you're pretty well versed on the on the topic that uh, that you're studying. And of course, that that's at whatever age group or level you're working at. So, for instance, if I gave you an example, um, you know, if if um, uh, someone studying British colonisation. That's that's one we get to do a lot because we work with green screen. Um, you know, the children are able to take them themselves back to that era. You know, have uh, paintings, have pictures and, uh, um, you know, images from those eras in the background and then they're actually becoming characters from that, from that period. 
So they're engaged in the process, but they're also learning the content. What did this character do? What did they, how did they live? How did yeah. they, um, what was it like coming to Australia when there was, there was nothing here apart from, you know, the Aboriginals? What was that like? So, yeah. So it's a little bit like um, learning content by, by immersion rather than sitting at a desk and receiving the content somehow. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was going to say, and further to that, you've got, um, you're learning that creative process, um, but also incorporating technology uh, in a really meaningful way. I was going to ask you about that. The, the technology has obviously changed considerably over the years. I mean, it's, a, it's almost a, too simple a statement to say these days. But in terms of filmmaking, yeah. it's, it's changed incredibly radically. I mean, everyone's got a, uh, these days, most people have a, a 4K camera in their pocket. <laughs> most most yeah. phones are equipped that way. <laughs> right. has, the, has that just completely blown this space wide open in, in a way that we don't fully appreciate yet? Yeah, Colin, I think that's a really good point. Um, accessibility has been a huge game changer. Um, there's two, I'd add to not just having the, the mobile device in the pocket, um, but also in combination with that, YouTube. Um, mm. So these two innovations together has meant the traditional gatekeepers of you know filmmaking have really uh, been bypassed, have been able to be bypassed. And yeah, I, I agree. I don't think we fully appreciated it just yet. I mean, if you think, you know, 20, 20 years ago, really for us to share a video, we'd have to make a copy of a DVD. First, we'd have to get a decent, cam- decent camera, get a copy of a DVD, pass it on, copy that, pass it on, and really limited to how many people could, could watch it at any one time. Yeah. And um, you'd have the only people really with a... With a um, you know, studio, the big studios and TV channels who could broadcast to um, to a, a group of people at any one time. And now you can have an idea, get your phone out, film it, upload it to a global distribution network, not costing you a cent. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? I mean, it's a little bit like, uh, yeah. I think radio has also undergone a, a, a similar... Um, a similar experience. I mean, here's, here are you and I talking over a, over a telephone conversation which we can record and broadcast to the world without a broadcasting license, without a radio studio that's in a, an expensive building somewhere with millions of dollars of equipment. And, and I guess the, the question that I've got then is how soon do you see schools being able to fully embrace this across a much wider range of subjects? So, for example... Um, you know, you talked about uh, British colonisation, but if we take it to something a little bit more instructional like maths, I mean, Khan Academy has been very successful in just making very simple screencasts. Do you include that kind of yeah. vi- video into into your space as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the ability the um, ability for video to uh, to transfer knowledge efficiently and quickly. Um, you know that's one of its, that's one of its major strengths, and that's why television has done so well. And documentaries have done. That's why YouTube has done so incredibly well. Um, and for a school to have its own, you know, uh, repository or broadcasting network, really, um, 
how far off that is. I mean, schools are already starting to do it with their own YouTube or Vimeo channels, um, but they're still working out how to be able to share that in, a, in an efficient way. I mean, for instance, what the future holds, I mean, there's technology being developed now in the later stages of development where if you've got a repository of video, then there's technology that can edit it on in real time on the run. So depending wow. on what your purpose is, they can grab videos from different from, from a library and in different places and put that together depending on what your purpose is. So I think it's really important for schools to start, start thinking about how they archive and library all of their media. Mm. Um, and, um, and that's just the taste of where it's going to go. So really I think over the next 10 years, um, schools will start to have a real handle on on using this technology really usefully. So let's say I'm a school principal and I say, okay, this all starts to sound pretty interesting. What sort of equipment am I talking about? What what kind of investment are we talking about? Well, it depends on your budget. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's say I'm just starting out. Well, put it this way. If if I'm a principal and I'm thinking about starting this, do I need to reserve an entire room like an entire learning space to it does it need to be kitted out with say i don't know fifty thousand dollars worth of equipment to get started can i can i start this at a grassroots level and just sort of build from there is that even viable what would you say to someone yeah i would say if you're just starting to dip your toe into it um first do uh a, a program um an incursion i encourage i mean i don't want to sound like i'm i'm just Say, come on, come and hire start time. But but on a really practical level, a principal wants to know how does it work, what does it do before investing in a whole lot of toys mm. um, that because no one knows how to use them, just stay stuck in a corner. You really want to either get an incursion where you know someone like ourselves comes in and works with the kids and the teacher to do a program with filmmaking. Um, or we do, a, or you do a professional development with teachers and get them excited. I mean, most schools these days will have one or two teachers who, um, you know, who know a little bit about media. But mm. you, you don't want to run into the problem where you've got just one teacher who's who's really enthusiastic and then they leave leave the next year. Um, uh, you want to have the whole staff on board to really start it you know, just for it to start working and be embedded in your, in your school. But if you start off with a program or a professional development workshop, the teachers start to see how it can work. And 99.9% of the time when we're doing workshops, the teachers, their ideas start going. They see how the, the process works, how the technology works, how easy it is now, and, um, and then they get on board. Once once your staff are on board, then you can start investing, and, and you don't have to invest much if you get a, you know, a, a tripod that at least allows the um, or, or some sort of stabilisation um, piece of equipment that allows the the students to make steady videos. Mm. Um, that's 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 a great start. Then you can start looking at green screening and uh, and getting some lights, and um, you know, depending on what your school has in terms of resources, um, ideally a, a room, 
a dedicated space is, is fantastic. But, you know, you can, you can pop up in, in the corner of a classroom and if you've got a good mic, um, then, then you can record whatever, whatever you like just on, you know, when the, when the students have time and their breaks, what, during a lesson, whatever it is. Sounds like the kids really get into it. How do the parents respond? Well, the great thing for the parents is that they're able to really see their learning as a result of making a film, whether that be a how-to video or a, or a narrative on the subject that they're doing. The, the, the parents get to see what they're learning, how they're learning it, how they're engaged. Um, so they respond really quite well. Um, I mean, it does depend on sometimes on the, um, you know, the location of the school, what sort of school it is. Some schools are very academic, um, but, uh, you know, and they're, they're, they're looking at those standardised tests and the marks in there um, and, you know, that, that rote, more traditional rote style learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in uh, you know, in argument to that, we're not saying that that doesn't have its place, but this really embeds all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, that it, it, this is a, this is a, you know aligned with that and and putting it to a a useful context. When I was at school, I was always asking, why are we doing this? Well, you know, if you want to demonstrate your learning, making a film about what you've learned um, is a, is a great way to do that and to show everyone, including parents. Sounds like uh, the program's got a lot of potential and you're uh, really making a difference in many people's lives there. Lindsay, it's been great to talk with you this morning. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks very much, Colin. Really enjoyed our conversation. You've been listening to Central Station. To find out more about Lindsay's work at Startime Studios, visit the website, startime.com.au. And for more interviews with great educators from around the country, make sure you subscribe to Central Station on your favourite podcast app and share it with your friends and colleagues. Or visit the website, central.com.au slash podcast. I'm Colin Klupik. Until next time, bye for now.